1: We continue today in chapter 7 of Revelation, looking at a visual depiction of the doctrine of election. This visual depiction of the doctrine is accomplished by showing us who occupies heaven, how they got there, and what they're doing while they're up there. We find that there is perfect peace, perfect fellowship, and a perfect view of God in heaven. And we learn once again that the inhabitants of heaven get there only by the shed blood of Christ. Join us today as Elder Buddy Abernathy continues examining John's vision of heaven in Revelation chapter 7. But first, we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. Afterwards, please stay tuned for the message.
0: case this is not clear enough, when he says, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel, look at John chapter 8. Now here was some of those that were of Israel. Here are some descendants of Abraham that bragged about the fact that they were descendants of Abraham, but Jesus made it clear They are not all Israel, which are of Israel, and you are not Israel. Notice what he says in John chapter 8, uh, verse 33. This is the Pharisees. We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? They're saying, we are Abraham's seed. That means we're God's special ones. We're children of God. Verse 30, or verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the work of Abraham. In other words, spiritually speaking, you're not the children of Abraham. Verse 44, now that's just kind of plain now. Right. Ye are of your father, the devil. Now, wait a minute, these are Israelites, these are the descendants of Abraham. The Old Testament used Israel as an illustration that God chooses who He's pleased to work with, but He chose them as a physical nation and we're not to conclude that just because someone is a descendant of Abraham that they're a child of God because here He says to some descendants of Abraham, He said, You're of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie speaketh of his own for he is a liar verse 47 he that is of God heareth God's words ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God and I don't want to be too repetitive but I hope you understand that concept that there is the physical nation of Israel in the Old Testament that God gave his revelation to but we're not to conclude that when it comes to the people God chose Christ before the world began and predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, that that means every descendant of Abraham is a child of God and no one else is. The purpose of God working with Israel is to train us to think in terms of election. But we'll find out who the elect are in a little while. So you may ask the question, okay, if being a descendant of Abraham doesn't make you a child of God, what does? That's a good question, isn't it? Because I'm not even a descendant of Abraham. You really need to know the answer to this question. Romans chapter 2, verse 28. We're talking about Being sealed, the servants of God being sealed, and that's what the holdup is, that's what the delay is. Notice this in Romans 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not of the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. He is not a Jew which is one outwardly. Now, those those descendants of Abraham who Jesus said you're of your father the devil, they were Jews outwardly. But what he's saying here is that's not what makes you a child of God. That's not not what makes you an elect child of God. It's not what makes you a spiritual Israelite. He says... He's not a Jew which is one outwardly. Okay, if being a descendant of Abraham has nothing to do with making you a child of God, what does? He said he is a Jew which is one inwardly. He's not a Jew which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. That gets to me and you, doesn't it? You can say, I'm a Jew. And we're talking spiritual Jews. You can say, I'm a, a Jew, In spiritual Israel, I'm a child of God, not because I'm a descendant of Abraham, but because those that are Jews in this sense are the ones that are made Jews inwardly, who are circumcised in the heart. That means born again. That's some good news for us, isn't it? And that's a good news... For every modern day Jew that comes to see the truth of the gospel that he doesn't have to go back thousands of years and make sure he's a descendant of Abraham. Matter of fact, in the book of Galatians, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or female. Now, wait a minute. What does he mean when he says there's neither male or female? We need to explain that today, don't we? That means outward things don't matter when it comes to be a child of God. doesn't matter whether you're a, a Jew or a Gentile. doesn't matter whether you're bond or free. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. That has no advantage or, or any indication of who is and who is not a child of God. And then look, one more. Galatians chapter six. This really brings it all together. Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. Circumcision doesn't mean a thing when it comes to being in Christ. But watch this. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. What makes the difference? A new creature. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. What matters is that you're a new creature. What matters is that you're born of the Spirit. And if you're born of the Spirit, that means you are chosen in Christ, and it has nothing to do whether you're Jew and Greek, bond to free, male or female. And every one of them will be made a new creature. Now listen to this in verse 16. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy upon the Israel of God. See what he's saying? We're through with that Old Testament worship where God worked with Israel. He's saying, circumcision doesn't mean a thing. What makes the difference is being a new creature in Christ. And he says, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. The Israel of God here is God's elect people in Christ out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and tribe under heaven. That's the Israel of God in our day. Matter of fact, it's always been the Israel of God. You may have been a descendant of Abraham. And God especially worked with you. But there were still multitudes of people that were not descendants of Abraham. That were the Israel of God. And they were born of the Spirit in in the Old Testament the same way we're born of the Spirit today. The Israel of God has always been there. Now let's go back to the book of Revelation. There's pending judgment. For some reason it's been delayed. This fifth angel comes and says to those four angels on the four corners of the earth, hold back. Hurt not the earth and the sea till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. And I heard the number of them which were sealed and 140 and 4,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And then he lists all these tribes. And so the concept there, as we've already said, is every descendant of Abraham who is an elect child of God. Will be in heaven. There's a lot of them. 1,000s, the word. Or the number that teaches that. There's a lot of them. We've showed you it's not all of them. But it's a lot of them. And twelve means all of them will be there. All of the chosen children of God. Among the Israelites will be in heaven. But after he lists. Those twelve tribes. And that from each tribe he sees 12,000. Listen to verse 9 now. After this, I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Here's people that are not Israelites. But they're with the Lord in heaven, and they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood about, round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. No Jew and Gentile in heaven. Every one of God's elect among the Israelites are there without the loss of one. And then, oh, by the way, a great multitude which no man could number. Isn't it interesting? Interesting that in a figurative sense, he applies numbers to the Israelites. But now, in case somebody wonders whether whether there's going to be a lot of people in heaven, here he says, a great multitude which no man can number. And to show you the darkness that people are when they say there's only going to be 144,000 in heaven, the same chapter says there's people there you can't count. See how foolish that notion is? of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne. Look at verse 12. Saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, what are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? One of these four and twenty elders in heaven is saying, Who are these people? Notice the answer. Verse 14, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said, These are they which came out of great tribulation." Well, there it is, the great tribulation, that dispensation that's yet to come. That's not what he's talking about. Here is a picture of who is in heaven. The people there are God's elect among Jew and Gentile. There's a lot of them. There's a multitude. There's there's a multitude that no man can number. And the people there are people that came out of great tribulation. Have you ever had tribulation in this life? When you go to heaven, you're coming out of great tribulation. Jesus said in the world, ye shall have tribulation. One of the meanings of the word tribulation is severe mental anguish. You ever felt that way? These people in heaven, they're out of that. They're no longer going through tribulation, but to the contrary, notice what it says in verse 15. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. You know, one of the temporary escapes from tribulation while we're in this world is when we feel the Lord's with us. You know, I remember before I moved here, you know, there, there's incidences in your life that you remember, you know, special things that happen. I remember before I moved here, Brother Chris had arranged for me to go uh, preach at Meadow Branch. And I'd spent the night at his house. And as I left driving up there, I just felt so close to the Lord. And I said, Lord, why can't I feel this way all the time? that'd be great (laughs) but it's not true in the world you shall have tribulation but you know he goes on to say be of good cheer i've overcome the world you will overcome it not by your own might and power and intelligence but You will overcome it because Christ overcame it for you. It is absolutely certain you will overcome the world. And notice here he says in heaven, Therefore they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. You think he dwells among us now when we have a great meeting? You ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) I mean, he's going to be dwelling among them in heaven and they won't have a fallen nature. They won't be tired. They won't be distracted thinking about what i got to do tomorrow. All of that will go to the grave when you die. Isn't that great? When you die, all that dies. And all that's left is that part of you now that longs to be happy, that longs to be content. You know, David said, uh, when, I believe it was David said, when I awaken in thy, in thy likeness, I'll be satisfied. That means you're not going to be completely satisfied until then. You know, that's the reason there's so many books today, and they become bestsellers if the subject matter is how to be happy and successful in this life. And I'm not saying they're all bad. I realize there are books of that nature that teach a lot of truth. But see, the focus is wrong. The preacher that pastors Probably the largest congregation in the United States put out a book that I've never read that says, Your Best Life Now. And what he's saying is not 10 years from now, not right now, you can have your best life. But see, for the child of God, this is not the best life. This is the worst life. (laughs) For the wicked, this is the best life, and they love it. They want to stay here. This world means everything to them. But notice it says, uh, He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Think of that. The sovereign creator and ruler of the universe on the throne is going to dwell, live among you and I. There's no way we can comprehend that. You know, I'll just go ahead and confess that I often say, now how can you really be happy in heaven? I mean, I'm going to see people there that were mad at me and never forgave me. How in the world can I get along with them? Why am I going to be happy when I see them in heaven? See, we can't comprehend life without the sin nature. And that's why, as Brother Craig said, we rejoice when we, we read about that publican that said, uh, uh, that said, be merciful to me, a sinner. We relate to that. We love that, that there's somebody in the Bible that feels just like we do. Verse 16. Now listen to this. They shall hunger no more, Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We, we get some meals here in this world. We get some spiritual meals. But we get hungry again, don't we? We feel close to God, but then we feel distant from God, and we get spiritually hungry again. He says they'll hunger no more. Neither thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And look at the last verse. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Like that hymn Brother Chris Calls out some time. They won't make any caskets in heaven. Won't be any graves in heaven. It's hard to imagine this being real, isn't it? You young people, you'll find out the older you get, you realize, man, life's uncertain. Death is sure. You realize you're dying. Physically dying how can this be true but you know what we don't believe in soul sleeping we believe if you grow old and somebody has to take care of you and you can't do anything for yourself the instant you die all that's over you'll be with the lord you'll be satisfied for the first time in your life and i like to say it this way when we've, we've talked about God's elect among the Israelites, God's elect among everyone else, you know, one, one concept with regard to the church is all of God's elect people. There's one sense in which we can take a, think of the church that way. Did you know in heaven will be the first time that there's nobody forsaking the assembling of themselves together. All of them will be there. And they'll all be glad they're there and worshiping the Lord.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismcool at gmail.com.